Today on The New Normal, we're doing something a little different. We have Professor Joe Wong stepping in as a guest host. This was a really terrific opportunity for me as well, just to gain some real perspective on the part of our international students and what it's like to be an international student at this really um, unique and extraordinary time in history. I am Madian Andrade, and from the University of Toronto, this is the new normal. Hi, uh, I'm Ana Meletti. I'm currently in Londrina, southern Brazil. Hi, everybody. I'm originally from Cameroon. I'm from Mumbai, India. Um, from a South American point of view, I think Canada is the dream because it's like, it's North America, but it's not the United States part of North America. It's like the good part of North America. The great Indian dream is to go to the North America and live the American dream. Mm -hmm. So I was very much part of that. Um, but you're living the Canadian dream. I'm living the Canadian <laughs> dream. So it's the American dream plus a uh, little bit of humanity. Like with a little bit of humanity and more maple syrup. So it's, it's the best <laughs> end of both deals. Everybody just kind of wants to be in Canada, I think. If you've told me last year, Anna, you're going to be at U of T in one year and you're going to have like this full scholarship and you're going to be studying like with people from Mexico, I would be like, no way. Describe to me how you felt or what you were thinking when uh, Brazil got really hit by the COVID pandemic. With infections of COVID-19 um, soaring. I wasn't surprised. The government has now stopped reporting the cumulative death toll of the virus. When things started getting super bad and um, Sao Paulo was in this state of emergency and it was like this very dystopian situation with like people, like a thousand people dying every day and it was like crazy, like so insane. We knew mm -hmm. that you know, anytime soon, Brazil is going to become one of the one of the worst places to be during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. And Atar, what about you? So you were you were were you in the dorms when you heard? Were you living in the dorms at the time? Yeah, I was living in residence. But actually, um, it's quite funny how how and when I found out. So it was a Friday, and um, I I had a math class with this one friend, and. Since it was it was it was mid-March, things were heating up, and the one day in the entire year where I decided to voluntarily skip class and work on something. So I've been sitting in the dining hall since 7 a.m., grinding on a 2,000-word political science essay, and then at 10:30 uh, we get that email. I just sat there the entire day because people came in, went out. I was talking to people just trying to process everything that had happened. But it, it was it was a weird feeling. I'm wondering, like, you're, you know, you're all, you're all alone in many ways now, um, just because we're not able to see each other. Um, does that, you know, does that also mean that you are also feeling at times lonely? Anna, what about you? Have you have you found because you were saying in your email that you are, you know, in your room twenty four hours a day? Um. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not in my bedroom the entire day, but I'm I'm here for most of the day. And when I'm not here, I'm, I go to the kitchen, and I have lunch, and then I come back, and then I leave, I take a shower, and then I come back. But yeah, it gets quite lonely. I mean, I have my family with me. I have my dog. I have my turtle, my tortoise. I have bees. I have everything with me at home. But um, I still feel like so disconnected from everything that's going on. And um, most of my courses are synchronous and I get, and they're very small classes. So I, I get to like talk to my classmates and have some sort of interaction. Monk one has been perfect in that, in that sense. But you know, once the class is over, we just hang up. This summer uh, was a tumultuous summer because of COVID. But for many people, it was also a really tumultuous summer because of the reascension of the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, for me, this was nothing new because when I was your age, when I was in university, in fact, in my freshman year, uh, was the year of the Rodney King riots in LA. And we watched LA burn. So what's happened this past summer is sadly a reboot, a redo of uh, what history has uh, continually borne out. But I'm wondering from your international perspective, how did you respond to, and how did you think about the injustices that we saw this summer? This summer has been actually like a, like it was like a confusing experience for me in a sense that it also made me even um, like reflect on my own identity as a person because at times people don't realize that experiences are very different. Some people might all be black people, but then they don't have don't all have the same experiences. So being an African, I had never experienced racism in my life. Mm not even once because you all live with people who look like you and you know for someone who's like an african-american that's completely different right. so i had to find myself really learning about what it even means to be a black person living in america it was it was scary but at the same time it was um like inspiring in the sense that you see people actually you know moving forward getting up to fight for the most basic right, you know, to leave. What about you, Anna? So in Brazil, I'm in a huge, huge position of privilege, you know, being white, um, coming from um, like middle-class family and living in the South. This, these are all very, very privileged things. But seeing what was going on in the United States made me think, okay, now the Brazilian media is going to be talking only about this. And I was right, you know. And in the weeks following uh, the murder of George Floyd and, um, the riots and everything, the Brazilian media was mainly talking about the United States. It took almost a month for the Brazilian media to be like, okay, let's talk about racism in Brazil. Here in Brazil, we have some of the highest, if not the highest rates of police brutality. You know, we have a case of George Floyd's every 25 minutes. And there's kids being murdered every month in, in, in favelas and in other uh, marginalized spaces. I find it very disappointing to see that um, what it takes is the United States to do something about a problem for Brazil to do something about the same problem, which has been going on here for as long as it has been going on in the United States, you know? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I mean, the slave trade to Brazil was far greater and far longer than the U.S. when you look at the... Yes, yeah. yeah. When you look at the history. 
I'll just leave you with with one thing that hopefully is 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 feels like they're maybe a little more optimistic, and it's actually some advice that I gave Ashar early on in the summer. Do you remember what I said? I do. It it still rings in my ears. Um, he told me to do things that make me happy and that I cannot possibly put on my resume. Oh, can I say one thing? Yes. Thank you so much, Professor Wong, for your movie recommendation for Monk One Movie Night. <laughs> oh, Twenty One Jump Street. No, I record. No, I recommended a new my my favorite film of all time. Oh, Harold and Kumar. Harold White and Castle. Kumar go to White Castle. Oh, yes. So it was everybody's reaction was like kind of the same, very confused. Like, why would Professor Wong recommend this? But at the same time, <laughs> this is so much fun. For the new normal, this is Joe Wong.